0: Praise the Lord, everybody. As you guys can see, me and my sister are crazy. She's crazy. Um, looking at Science Selena, they know all about our craziness because they used to babysit us. I'm shocked we didn't have a Science Selena story in here. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? All right. We want to welcome you guys to our uh, family series. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with family Um, I'm excited about this, Uh, I'm going to try my best to deal with different dynamics of family. Okay, No family is the same, y'all get what I'm saying? No family is the same. We have uh, blended families, we have uh, like the nuclear families, Uh, we have single parent families uh, we have grandparents that have taken on a responsibility to raise grandchildren. We have those type of families. We have adopted families. We have foster care families. So somewhere, somehow, some way, I'm going to try to reach every different dynamic of family during the next four weeks, okay? So today I want to deal with the first family. Not Obama and, and Michelle and Malia and Sasha. Y'all was getting ready to go there. But the first family in the Bible. You with me? So if you have your Bibles, go with me real quickly to the book of Genesis, the second chapter. Look at these beautiful pictures. Oh, man, they messed a up. <laughs> Genesis 2 and 15. Uh, Genesis 2 and 15. When you get there, say amen. I don't feel like I'm going to be too long today, but uh, we're going to let God have his way. And when you get there, say amen. If you're not there yet, say hold up. And if you ain't there by now, Genesis is the first book in the Bible where you just are reading a Bible for the first time. All right. So here we go. It says, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found as his complement. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and bonds with his wife. And they become one flesh. Today I want to talk about the first family. Look at your neighbor and say the first family, the first family, the first family. I want us to understand that the first thing that we need to understand is that our identity is shaped by our family. Your identity is shaped by your family. Y'all got that? Your identity is shaped by your family. When you look at most people, and you see the way that they act, and the way that certain behaviors they have, a lot of it has to do with how they came up. So you look at the interview with me and Yasmin, you see a lot of laughing, you see a lot of jokes, you see us picking on each other. That was the type of home that we came from. Our identity was shaped by the way our parents raised us. Uh, My family was a little bit different because uh, there are some families where, uh, you know, Kids eat wherever, parents eat whatever, you know, you eat upstairs, Somebody sitting in the living room. Uh, but one thing that my mom made sure that we did as a family was that we, she made sure that at 6 o'clock, everyone was at the dinner table together. We never missed a dinner where we all did not sit at the table together for dinner. Sounds like something small, right? But that shaped my identity. It shaped the way that I looked at family and it shaped that the way that I, I expected family to be because that was the way that I was raised in, 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 my, in my, my upbringing. Uh, and when we sat at the table, uh, we would play the dozens. You have a long day, you're tired, you're weary, and then somebody would just bust out in a joke and you spent yourself spending the last hour and a half eating dinner and telling jokes and talking about your mama who's sitting at the table. That's just my family. We did that. I know some folks say, you won't talk about moms. In my house, that's just what we did. We played those type of games. But our identity was shaped in our family. The way we did things was based off of our upbringing. Even the way I do things today is shaped and based off of the identity of my family. Uh, So one thing that we want to make sure that if our identity is shaped, or if our family is shaped by our identity, we want to make sure that our family is connected to Christ. Because if our family is not connected to Christ, then our identity is shaped by whatever the family is connected to. Mm. So if the family is connected to alcoholism, if the family is, addicted, or is connected to drug addiction, if the family is addicted to abuse, if the family is addicted to anything other than Christ, then it demonstrates in the family. So now the children behave based off of what they see. They emulate based off of what they know. And now the family is being molded based off of what it's connected to. So one of the questions that we want to ask is, does my family showcase the attributes of God? Hmm. I'm just going to teach today. Does my family, looking at your family, I don't care what kind of family you have. I don't care if you're single family, you know, grandparents, grandma, mom, dad, whatever, however kind of family, I don't care if you're single. Does my family showcase the attributes of God? Now, you're saying, what are the attributes of God? The attributes of God are the fruit of the Spirit. Does my family showcase the fruit of the Spirit? What is the fruit of the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Galatians uh, 5 and 22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control do does my family showcase those type of things and if my family does not showcase those type of things then I need to question whether or not my family is centered in Christ y'all got me nervous in here because y'all like "Mm." are we a forgiven family are we a loving family are we a long-suffering family can we deal with that family member who struggles with addiction and still love them? Not just tolerate them, but love them. you quiet. Not pacify them. No, not give them a dollar to feed their addiction, but love them. Yes, yes, yes. When conflict comes, can we come to the table and have conversation? Hmm. Or are we one of those type of families where you crossed me once and I don't want nothing to do with you no more? Oh, y'all know some of those folks. One of the things that is so heartbreaking, heartbreaking to me is when I see siblings who don't talk for 20 and 30 and 40 years. And then I'm trying to figure out how in the world did you get to a point that you grew up with somebody for 18 plus years and you decide one day that I will never talk to you again. How bad could it have been? And now we have to go back to the source and we have to question Is my family centered in Christ? Or am I at a place where I stepped out of Christ because my anger caused me not to forgive? Oh, this is hard. I'm I'm talking to myself now. I ain't just talking to y'all. I had to question myself because I went through some things in my personal life where I told myself I would never forgive. And God had to deal with me and say, you cannot have my identity if you're not forgiving. Because I am a forgiving God. Amen. Amen. So if you close the door on them, then I have a right to close the door on you. I want you all to think about that for a minute. I want you to think about if God closed the door on you when you messed up. Now, once again, let me be clear. It does not mean that I have to pacify you. <laughs> it does not mean that you have to live with me. But it has to deal with that I still love you, I can pray for you, I care for you, and I'm still looking out for your well-being, for the good. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that if we are a family, any family in here, and I see a couple families, I want you to question yourself this week, and I want you to go to Galatians 5 and 22 and see whether or not your family produces the fruit of the Spirit. And if your family is not producing the fruit of the spirit, then you have to pray. (laughs) Why is it so quiet in here? If the foundation of Christ is centered, the wayward member will disconnect, but the family will still remain centered. Y'all get what I'm saying? So if the foundation is... For God I live, for God I die. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they decide that they don't want to serve the Lord. I'm not going to move out of my center to chase you. I'm going to remain centered. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Let's go to the book of Luke. Book of Luke deals with the prodigal son. The father never changed his stance. The son came into his own remembrance, came back to his right mind, and realized where Christ was centered at and came back home. We don't chase people. We chase Christ. And as we chase Christ, they'll recognize they're wrong and they'll come back. But it's not your responsibility to go leave Christ to try to find or to grab somebody. It's your responsibility to stay in Christ, pray for them, and God will draw them. Y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Number two, family is the first place where we experience community. Let me say it again. Family is the first place where we experience community. We'll holler in a couple of weeks, but let's just talk today. Can we talk today? Yes. Family is the first place where we experience community. This is the place where your children emulate you. <laughs> community is a place where like-minded people come together. And the purpose of family is so that people can have like-minded, like-mindedness. Are y'all with me? Amen. It is the first place, or should be the first place, by our, I'm sorry, it should be the first place of fellowship. Watch this. Our children should be coming to us and not their friends. Watch this. All of us seek community. All of us. And if community is not important at home, we'll seek community elsewhere. And that's how we end up in gangs. And that's how we end up in all different types of situations, identifying with the wrong people because the community isn't strong at home. So family should be the first place where children find their identity, where children find their dignity, and where children... Experience love y'all with me. I'm gonna walk you all to the text in a minute. We're gonna get to Genesis in just a minute So the 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 the, the first place where we experience community is in our family And if we don't show Our community at home our families or our children will seek fellowship from somewhere else other than home And then we have a problem because now they're bringing those spirits into the house If our community isn't strong in-house, they'll leave the house and they'll bring those experiences back in the house. And now you got spirits in your house that you gotta try to get out your house because your house wasn't strong enough to keep community within. Mm. I'm not trying to knock nobody. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach myself today because I need to understand that my children need to understand their dignity and their value at home before they ever step outside. I don't, have to, I don't want my daughters to have to seek validation from another man. I need them to know what beauty is when they're in their house. I want them to understand what dignity is in their house. I want them to understand what a protector is in their house. I want them to understand what love is in their house. But if I'm lacking in that area, they'll go elsewhere and they'll, somebody will redefine love and mess their life up. And one of the issues that we have is that our community has become weak at home and people are seeking love outside of the home. And the definition of love is so skewed and so messed up that by the time they come back to the house, you can't fix it because you let it linger and you didn't show love at home. I don't agree with you, but I love you. Help me, Jesus. I don't understand everything, but I love you. Before I allow somebody to love you wrong. I'm gonna love you with everything I got in this house. And one thing you will never say is that my dad didn't love me. One thing they cannot say is my mom didn't do everything she could to provide for me. I wanna put you in a position to where if you make that mistake, you take accountability for it because you know that I did the best that I could in our community. Yes, sir. Yes, Who am I talking sir. to yes, in yes. here today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Do do? Yes, community starts, <sighs> and if we don't strengthen the community in our house, they'll leave the house. And they'll seek community elsewhere. Y'all with me? Now let's go to Genesis. Let's go to the text. Let's go to the text. Let's go to the text. Get, y'all get me emotional. Genesis 2 and 15. The Lord God took man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work and to watch over it. Watch this. God said, let us make man how? In our... And in our... So if we're made in his image and we're made in his likeness, we have to have his attributes. And one of his attributes is he works. Mm. Working is not just for a paycheck on Friday. I work because God works. God works? St. John 5 and 17. Y'all remember Jesus was healing on the Sabbath and the Pharisees came to him and they was trying to get him because they thought that he was so-called breaking the law. And if you go to St. John 5 and 17, he says, my father is still working. And I work also. Which tells us that the father and the son are always working. working. So if God has a job, why don't we? Woo! Y'all quiet. So the first thing that God does when he creates man, he does not give him a woman. (laughs) Y'all quiet. The first thing that God does when he fixes and molds and shapes the man is he does not put him in a relationship. The first thing that God does when he creates the man is he gives him something to do. Can I go a step further? Y'all got a little time? I'm going to show you how powerful God is. Because when God created man, everything else had already been created. The sun, the moon, the stars, the the, the foxes, the the birds, the the bears, the the, the lions, the tigers, oh, my, the fishes and, you know, everything. Grass, fruit, mangoes, apricots, avocados, watermelon, stuff I don't even eat. (laughs) Grapes. I like grapes. Bananas. All of those things. God creates first before he creates man. Why? Because God does not want man taking glory for creation. So before God places man in the the garden, God has already made provision for him. All God is asking for Adam to do is to upkeep it. Can I go a step further? Y'all with me? God has already made provision for you. God just wants you to be responsible of what he's providing. So he takes the man, he places him in the garden, to watch over it. And he tells him, You may freely eat of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And on that day that you eat from it, you will certainly die. Everything was already in place. Man had a work ethic before God gave him a woman, and he allows him to work in his creative power. So watch this. Next verse, next verse. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for man, no helper was found as his complement. So watch this. Man has a job. Man is busy. And he's not even looking for relationship, because he's busy. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere in just a minute. I'll go somewhere in just a minute, because I'm going to help some folks that single and feel like they have to be married. Everybody don't have to be married. I know y'all. I know y'all ain't trying to hear that in church. Everybody don't have to be married. I'm going to show you in a minute. The purpose of Adam and Eve getting together was not just for sexual connection. Y'all with me? The purpose of Adam and Eve getting together was for community. Watch this. Because community... Gets rid of selfishness. What are you saying? When God creates community, God now gives you responsibility to look out for other people. Y'all quiet. And therefore, my selfishness has to move out of the way because I recognize that I'm, not, I'm no longer just living for me. Amen. Any parent in here can tell you that the moment that child was born should have been. <laughs> Your selfishness has been gone. You don't get up to work just for yourself. <laughs> Y'all quiet. That's right. And if we can go a step further, sometimes I don't even get up at all for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all quiet. <laughs> because I could have slept all day if you wasn't hungry at six. (laughs) Forgive me, Jesus. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) Look, somebody feel it. Community releases selfishness. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. And when I'm learning, just watching through my family, is it goes beyond parenting. That now grandparents are involved and they still not selfish. I'm looking at Nana and Papa, I'm like, you don't have to watch my kids, but you do because they have now grasped the whole concept of community and they recognize that my life is not just about me. I now want a part of my identity and my grandchildren as well. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. So now man is created in what the image and the of watch this, the image and the likeness of God. So we understand that God works, but we also understand that God calls those things that are not as though they. And now Adam has the ability to call those things that are not because they don't have a name as though they were. He now has the creative power of God because he's in the image and in the likeness of God. I mean, I could take that to a whole nother level. So if I have the image and the creative power of God, then I can speak things in his will that are not as though they are. I don't want to sound like a word of faith preacher today, but I need to go there for just a couple minutes, which means that I should be able to speak to my condition and say I'm not going to stay here because I operate in the authority of God. Oh, Help me, Holy Ghost. Roy said something so powerful when he first got up here. He says, my mind is healed. And what he did was he now began to speak his healing based off of walking and the creative power of God. If I could talk to somebody today, you don't have to stay where you are. If you operate in the power of God and the authority of God, you can speak to every negative situation in your life and say, I'm not going to stay here. Who am I talking to here today? This is not where I'm going to stay. I'm walking in the creative power of God. And the creative power of God says, I'm in a slump right now, but this is not where I'm going to stay. So he gives him the power to work, but he also gives him the power to speak things. And they become. And God honors it. Bird. Well, bird. Lion. Well, and it is so. Lion. God does not step in and say, I think you should call that a parakeet. <laughs> uh, I like the name lion, but I like buying better. You should put a B on it. No. God allows Adam to work in his creative power. He honors it, and it is so. Y'all don't understand the responsibility and the power that God gives you. That God gives you the opportunity to speak over your life, and he doesn't even get involved because he says, you know what? You got the power to speak your way out of it. Yes, yes. Go ahead. I'm going I'm, to I'm have a special prayer for some couple of folks in this couple minutes today, and I don't do this too often, but I feel this in my spirit. Because we need to change our way of thinking. That's right. We need to understand that there are things bigger than where we are right now. And we cannot allow people and other things to define us. We need to define who we are. And we need to let the world know who we are and not let the world tell us who we're going to be. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. So he gave some of the names of all the livestock to the birds of the sky to the wild, every wild animal. But for the man there was no helper it was found as his complement. Watch this. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over man and he... Slept. Watch this. He puts him to sleep because once again, God does not want him involved in what he's getting ready to do. Hmm. So I'm going to put you to sleep because this is going to be my work and this is what I'm going to do. And when I'm done, I'll wake you up and I'll call you in the room. So he puts him to sleep. you all with me. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. Oh, help me, God. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to say this and I'm going to sit down. Y'all with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord God put him to sleep, took his rib out, created a woman while he still sleep. <laughs> the man sleep. God's creating a woman. Yes. The man sleep. Mm-hmm. Carry you with me. God is creating a woman, but the man sleep. God's creating a woman, but the man is sleep. God is creating the woman while the man is sleep. Help me Jesus. God is putting the woman together. Yes. While the man is sleep. Watch this. She don't need no man because God is putting her together yes, sir. while he's asleep while he's sleep. Watch it. She's spending her time alone with God and her and God are having their time together alone while the man is asleep. Because before God gives her a relationship with man, God wants to make sure that she has a relationship with him. So God says, go to sleep and let me put her together so that she don't have to depend on you. She'll be a help me and not just somebody that you're going to say, cook me some grits. Where's my prefix woman? No, 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 no. I made her. And if you act up, she don't need you. Because <laughs> she's mine first. Y'all quiet in here. Y'all, if you want to act stupid, go ahead. But guess what? I still got her. Because I made her, not you. Any man that thinks he made a woman is a fool. You ain't make nobody. A woman has been created by God. And the Bible says that man and woman are made in the image and the likeness of God. Yes, yes. Wow. Good word. You got a bunch of fools walking around here thinking they made their wives. Right. Huh? I made you. Yes, that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's Orange juice Jones. <laughs> you out there like a squirrel just trying to get a nut. This is my world. So some of y'all know that. Science Lena know what I'm talking about right there. Somewhere, that's walking in the rain. I saw you and him walking in. You say y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. The purpose for the man being put to sleep well, so that a woman could have her own identity with God first. Does this make sense? Yeah, I guess this Now, y'all ladies is gonna go home like, don't you tell me nothing. You act stupid all you want. I go to God. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but the purpose for the man to be away for a while was so that the woman could have her own relationship with God before he brought them together. See, one of the problems that we have is that we don't like being alone. So we never have enough time for God to make us before he sends us someone. Y'all know those kind of people. They always got to be in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all about 40 now. We about 40, and they've been in about 40 relationships since you met them two years ago. <laughs> I ain't knocking nobody if y'all got 20 boyfriends the last two years. No judgment here. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, there has to be a time in your life, a space where God works on you so that you can be completely whole before he sends somebody to you. Before he brings Adam in the room, Eve already had it together. I don't know how I got here. Zoe, she's enjoying this one. That's right. (laughs) Before, Before they came together, Eve had already had her own relationship with God. So for anybody that's part of a single family, my question for you, if you're looking to be married, is are you in relationship with God first or are you just trying to hook up? Because if you're just trying to hook up, It won't work Hmm. Y'all with me? So the first thing God does Is he takes the woman Makes the woman And then he brings The woman to the man She don't chase him Y'all quiet She don't Chase him She don't stalk him On social media Y'all, Lord, it's quiet in here. Some of y'all was in the inboxes this week. I ain't gonna look. (laughs) She ain't swiping to the left and swiping to the right. Y'all quiet. She is in a position to where when God was done, He brought her to Him. Y'all with me? And the man said, this one at last, look at this, (laughs) after he sees who she is and what God has done, what God has done, after he sees what God has done, he says, this at last is bone of my bone. Now he's ready to claim her. And flesh of my flesh. And look at this. And he gives her the name under the creative power of God. Y'all with me? (laughs) Y'all with me? He gives her. A name under the creative power of God, and he calls her woman, for she was taken from the man, womb man, from the side, from the womb, womb man. Talked about this a couple months ago. Uh, He did not take her from the mind because she's not above him, did not take her from the foot because she's not beneath him, but he took her from the side because she's beside him. Bars. (laughs) Does not take her to be above him. Does not take her to be beneath him. But takes her because she's beside him. And if you are looking for somebody to be under you, you need to go see a a podiatrist. Podiatrist, I said it right. (laughs) And if you're looking for somebody to be above you, you need a mental doctor. You need somebody that God is going to pull from beside you to work with you because she's a help meet. (laughs) We're talking about the first family. This one at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman for she is taken from man. (sighs) God did not make man or did not make woman for sexual purposes, but for community. And I talked about this earlier. Because community now shifts Adam's focus. Adam is not just working for himself. Adam is now working for his family. Mm. And because Eve is a helpmeet, she's not just working for herself, but she's also working for the family as well. Now there is a unity in this community, and their identity is in God. Mm there's unity and their community and their identity is in Christ. I'm going to say it again. There's unity and their community and their identity is where? In Christ. So if their identity is in Christ at this point before the fall, their relationship showcases the fruit of the spirit. Hmm. Y'all quiet. There's love in their relationship. There's joy. There's peace. There's patience. It gets quiet when we say patience. (laughs) You ain't doing it the way I want you to. You ain't moving as fast as I want, but I'm waiting because I know that you are part of my life for a purpose. Y'all with me? There's patience. Y'all with me? There's kindness, there's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of this is in the relationship of Adam and Eve. Now watch this. This one at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for she has taken from man. This is why a man leaves his what? Father and mother and bonds with his wife, watch this, because now I have to shift communities. (laughs) I now have to create my own unit, my own community. Y'all with me? And when I create my own community, I now have to develop my own identity. Wow. Any married folks in here? Married folks? And if you notice your relationship, you notice that your household ain't like exactly like the household you grew up in, is it? You know why? Because through your relationship, you, develop, you developed your own identity. That's right. mm. So there's certain things, me and Rachel was talking about this the other day, certain things that I didn't do growing up in my house that she did. And she brought her identity, and I brought my identity. We wasn't allowed in my mom and dad's room. I'm not saying it's good, or right, wrong, good, or bad. We wasn't right. So the other day, was it JJ? JJ. JJ jumped <laughs> in. Everybody, yeah. Everybody in my room now. <laughs> JJ jumped in the bed, just sat on my legs, and just started playing on his tablet on his back. <laughs> and I said, I was never allowed to do that growing up. We knocked, and then when you knocked, you went in and you asked your question and you left, and you closed the door behind you. I ain't saying I'm right or wrong. I'm saying this is how we grew up. So I'm not used to kids just walking in my bedroom and then getting in my bed. I never slept in my parents' bed. But now, we created our own identity. She bought her identity. I bought my identity. We compromised. And we do it differently than how I was brought up. See, what the problem would have been, or the problem could have been, or the problem could be, that I'm trying to bring the exact identity of my upbringing into my relationship and forcing it on my wife and saying, this is how it's supposed to be. And I'm not allowing her to be my help me and bring her identity into the relationship. Are y'all quiet in here? Then I become chauvinist. <laughs> I'm gonna go a step further. My grandfather, and I can say this, never seen my mother or her siblings born, because in those days a man wasn't allowed, wasn't not allowed. But a man did not go into the room when a woman gave birth. Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? Anybody? Am I the only one that knows about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my grandfather went in another room. So when Rachel was pregnant, and I carried that identity, and said, men don't go in operating rooms, we would have had a problem. Y'all with me? We would have had a problem. She came out holding some baby after laboring. And I'm talking about men don't do that. None of that. Why no such thing as a man at a baby shower? <laughs> now we, we do both of them. We celebrate the man too. Hey, get your balloons. <laughs> get some cake. A lot of men did not change diapers. <laughs> y'all, look, I ain't trying to get grandpa in trouble if y'all grandpa ain't do that. A, 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 lot, a lot of men don't know how, they know how to do those type of things walk around with backpacks, go into the bathroom and change the baby and the changing table. A lot of men did not know how to do these type of things. And if we did not listen to our help meets, and we did not understand that it's a different time, and we did not understand that in order for relationships to operate differently, because during that time, a man would work 12 hours, and the wife was able to take care of the home. But now there's shared responsibilities. am I talking crazy so now we have to understand that when a man leaves his mother and father's house he creates his own identity or they create their own identity for their family so now come in the room pains me a little bit sometimes get in the bed how was your day come on let's watch a movie Oh, he fell asleep. I'll take him in his room. Lord, I ain't never fall asleep in the bed of my parents. (laughs) But all of these things shapes the identity. And when man and woman come together and they bond, they become one flesh. Next verse. And they were naked and not ashamed. They were naked and not ashamed. I think y'all know this. We ain't got to go there. We, don't have, we, don't, we ain't got to go there. We know that. They were naked and not ashamed. Y'all know what that meant? <laughs> yeah. they did. They, they. <laughs> Some of y'all like, can we go back? No, no, no. <laughs> naked and not ashamed meant that there was no exploitation prior to getting together. Mm. Meaning that there was nothing that I'm ashamed of and that I'm completely transparent with my partner. We live in a different time now. Totally, let's be real, let's be honest. We live in a totally different time. Yeah. But in those times, what it meant by naked and unashamed was that when I come into this relationship, I'm coming in transparent and I'm coming in without any issues of my past. And when we connect, we're one without any issues of what we've been through prior. trying to get out of here, because y'all making me a little uncomfortable here. <laughs> one of the things that we have to understand, that if we're going to become one, and we're going to become one family, is that there has to be some transparency. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems that we have, and we find out later on in relationships, is somebody came in a relationship with their clothes on. Mm-hmm. We're talking spiritually. <laughs> I hope you had clothes on your first day. <laughs> we're talking spiritually (laughs) somebody was covering up their hurt someone was covering up their past someone was covering up oh I don't want them to know this about me I don't want them to know this side of my past and next thing you know you're, you're married and you're trying to unravel all these layers on somebody and it takes you 10 years into the marriage to really get to know who they really are because they came in so covered that you really don't know who you really married Y'all quiet. <laughs> Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. And the truth of the matter is, is if we dating and you got some clothes I don't like, then maybe we shouldn't take this too far. Because mm. I don't want to get so deep into something 10, 15 years later and find out that I don't know who you really are. Am I talking too real today? <laughs> Is this all right? I'm trying to stay. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. We'll make it friendlier next week. But we're talking about the first family in the Bible. The first family in the Bible came together and there were no issues because they were transparent from the gate. But what happens when I come to the relationship with layers? And once again, that goes back to Eve spending time with God. Revealing to her who she is, so that when she comes to Adam, she's transparent and she's not ashamed because she's experienced the redemptive work of God before she became the she came the man. Mm. Which means that if I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, and I'm covered by the grace of God, there's nothing to be ashamed anymore because there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So now I step into this relationship and I say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I used to do that, but so God has delivered me. And either you take it or you leave it. But I'm the, I can't change who I was. I can only be who God has called me to be in my future. So either you want it this way or you don't want it at all. Y'all quiet. Take it or leave it. I got three kids. Y'all quiet. I got four kids. I was married before. <laughs> uh oh. I dated before. You're not my first relationship. <laughs> I've been hurt. Ugh. I'm trying to get out of here, but I got I to deal with this. I've been molested. I've been raped. I'm I'm I'm, trying, I'm sorry to talk like this, but kids. But all of this has dynamics in a relationship, because now you get on a honeymoon, and nothing wants to go down because somebody's still dealing with something. Yes, yes. Right. 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 I got to get out of here. Right. Now we're stuck with an eternal covenant, but I wasn't transparent, and you weren't transparent. And now we're stuck together trying now to uncover what should have been dealt with before we got together. I'm finished, y'all. I finished. So I'm gonna give you the three points and I'm gonna sit down. I, y'all got me out here today. Was y'all was this all right? All right, this is all right? All right. Number one, family is the first place where we experience community. If you don't give your, if your family does have, not have identity and relationship and dignity at home, they'll go elsewhere looking for it. Right. Make sure that community is strong at home. Number two, look at them boys. Family is where we discover our significance, our identity, and dignity. Said the same thing. Look at me, repeating myself. Number three, number one, that's right. <laughs> number one, nice family. I don't know what yat is doing there. <laughs> and number three, I'm going I'm to just, I'm just go off a cuff when I remember. Number three is that when we come together, there has to be transparency. Y'all with me? Now, look, there's some things you need to let God keep where he kept. But there's other things. If it's a deep-worthy issue, we got to work on those things before there's connection to be that first family. Amen. Praise God. I want to do something today, and I felt this in my spirit all week, all week. This has been like bothering me. Not bothering me, but it's just been shaking me up, and I want to do this before we pray. I want all uh, small business owners, owners of businesses to stand to their feet. I want to pray for you today. And I don't know why, but all week, God has been dealing with me. I don't care. Some of y'all are like, I got a little business, but I, I don't consider it. No, you, I don't care what it is. If you sell pencils, stand up. <laughs> That's right. We want to pray over it. I want to pray over these small business owners right now. I don't know why God has put this on my heart, and I told you I don't do this often, but I want to pray. Roy, stand up. (laughs) I got to tell you, a business owner, get up. (laughs) Anybody else? Come on. Am I missing somebody? All right. All right. All right. I want to pray over you. That's right, Aunt. That's right. Claim it. That's right, Caesar. Come on. I want you to claim it. Claim it. That's right. I need my business owners to stand up. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. I don't know why, but I feel an increase is getting ready to hit this house. Increase is getting ready to hit this church. Those that are connected to Hope Haven, God is getting ready to bless supernaturally in these businesses. And I'm not just saying this to say it, I say it because I feel this in my spirit. I don't know what God is getting ready to do, but I want somebody to prepare because the floodgates of heaven are getting ready to open all over your business. Doors are getting ready to open. And as I'm praying, I see employees, I see just entrepreneurship. I see doors opening. I see you just visualizing and things are coming together and and God is getting ready to do it. And and, and it's crazy. I I know this sounds crazy, but uh, the Holy Spirit told me that it's going to happen this year, that not 2020 is your year. 2019 is your year because the year ain't over yet. But this is your year. So, God, I thank you. (laughs) That's all we can do right now is thank him in advance. Because as I'm sitting here praying, I just see the doors just busting open with with just opportunities and busting open with business and busting open with phone calls and busting open with all of these opportunities. And we thank you right now, God, for God, this is a year of release for your people. God, this is a year of blessings for your people. God, you're getting ready to bless us like never before. And God, we thank you in advance, God, for God, by December 31st, God. The testimonies that are getting ready to come in here through these business owners are going to be phenomenal. And we thank you right now, God. God, I thank you, Lord, because, God, their prayers have not gone unanswered. Their sacrifice is not going unseen. God, you're going to honor and you're going to bless everything, God, that they have put their hands to, God. And God, we thank you right now, God, for it is already so. And as I pray, God, I decree and declare, God, that it begins to happen this week, God that that phone call, that connection, that opportunity, that grant, that money, that, that door, that, that rent, that building, whatever they need, God, that it comes together this week, God. And we thank you and we give you all the praise, honor and glory. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.gov. The number two, hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.